0: From being broke, to hope, to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. Welcome back to Women Starting Over. Guess where I met my guest. You are right. (laughs) At a business networking event where I love to go. It was on innovations. I love the subject of innovations, which means creativity, something new, some discovery. (laughs) (laughs) My guest has won the Leadership Award from the American Society for Training and Development. She's in the book of 2000 Notable Women, and she was chosen to do a human resource delegation to China because of her leadership in the American Society for Training and Development. She has published articles on, guess what, training and development, (laughs) And, and has worked successfully in corporate America for over 20 years. What I loved about my guest is that she took her husband's company after she retired, or maybe it was laid off, we'll hear her story, From six to 67 employees grew it into a multi-million dollar company and sold it. That impressed me. (laughs) I told her today before we started recording. She is a rare gem. So welcome to Judy Pine Sellers.
1: Thank you, Nora. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm honored.
0: (laughs) All right, Judy. You know how we love to share on the podcast. About your growing up years, was anything impacting to you when it comes to income or money, finances? Share with our listener.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I grew
0: up in a sort of
1: a lower middle class environment. We were happy. We never really lacked for basic necessities of any kind. We didn't have any extravagances. I mean, we had no trendy clothes. My parents went to Kmart, which was the big discount store at the time, Mm -hmm. and, you know, bought things on sale. Um, But I do remember that we didn't really, you know, we weren't, for example, when we wanted ice cream at night, it wasn't always a given that we could have that sort of thing. So... It wasn't an extreme on either end of the scale, but the biggest thing that I re- that I think about my childhood with regards to money was that there really wasn't any training. Mm. I didn't I was taught to save, so I did that. But I was never taught anything else. I saved enough money. I my father was a business owner and he yeah. had us working in his um, specialty advertising shop oh. where we were silk screening and engraving, you know, college items, but uh, like for fraternities and sororities. So I started working at age 13, but I saved my money and I actually paid for my first year of college with all of those savings from high school. But my point is, I was taught to, to save, but I was never taught anything else. I wasn't taught about how to manage money, what to do with money, or anything. And I think when I became a little bit more proficient in my early 20s, when I started to have a full-time professional job teaching, I discovered I had no idea how to manage money. And so that was my first wake-up call. I did pay for my own school, my own D- degree both bachelor and master's degrees by working and student loans at the time it didn't take two hundred thousand dollars thankfully right
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> Yikes, right
1: <laughs> so you know I was fortunate enough to be able to do that but the biggest thing I recall from my childhood was other than put money in your piggy bank there was no training at all and when I was in my
0: 20s I discovered oh my gosh I don't know anything about this. So share with us when you were in your 20s that you told me you discovered with not having any training or building yep. wealth. So you taught yourself. I did. I saw at that time, there and there still are,
1: a fair amount of investment advisors and firms that provide free seminars on money management and that's what I did this was of course in the days before the internet so I had limited resources like that but I went to these seminars and I started to read and I started to ask a lot of questions you know and I and all of them attempted to You know, secure me as a customer, but I just said no if I didn't feel like it was right for me. But I learned a lot. And one of the things that I came away understanding is first of all, you can self educate about this. There is almost nothing you can't learn. You really can learn everything you need to know. There are some basics. And there is a progression of money management. So first you have to build the safety net and you have to, what people do is they tend to overspend their lifestyle, but it's really important to build that safety net before you build your lifestyle because that's the foundation of your house before you begin begin building wealth. And so, You know, learning to live on less than you make is sort of one of those fundamental tenets. Um, And then I learned about investing. And I learned it by reading and learning and trying a little here and trying a little there. But I started out very slowly. And I did it all by myself. Nice. So, yeah, I was, I married, I married what people consider late. I have married in my mid-30s. And so I had already established my own foundation, and my own um, habits, and my own wealth by then.
0: Good for you! So you did not marry for money
1: or security.
0: No. Which <laughs> no, it's, it's not like there's yeah, something my wrong.
1: Husband, yeah, no, my husband, I. Taught my husband about money management, and he'll be the first one to say that. <laughs> Good for
0: him. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, because sometimes I know I did. I I married the second time. Part of it was security uh, about money, and that is not always the best relationship to have.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So after you graduated and tell us a little bit about working in corporate America and then we'll go on to how you built your family business.
1: Yes. So my husband owned a delivery company and it was very tiny. It was him and one other gentleman for a very long time. And I went and got a job in corporate America I started out in training and development, and was promoted throughout the years into management and leadership. And I conducted leadership development courses, and I develop and organization development, which is more strategy and change management on the corporate level. During that time, I continued to learn about money, but I learned about money from a business point of view. So I began teaching classes in business money management, which is a little different than personal money management. And I loved it. So I started doing, you know, all teaching all of those classes. And of course, when you're teaching it, you first have to learn it, right? So that's, right. that was one of the great things. And then other other than that, my leadership development, You know, taught me a lot about business and leadership. And that's when I did all of that work. I used to say, I can't, um, I'm the one who brings home the benefits and my husband can't get laid off. So, you know, there was some stability in the sense that I had uh, an income with benefits, which is very helpful. I don't have that now and you have to manage life differently. Um and and I'm not sixty-five yet, although I'm
0: getting there. <laughs> we all do, so, don't we? So. <laughs> <laughs> That's one place we're all gonna get to. <laughs> so, so um so you know, managing
1: healthcare costs and things like that is very much a part of my literally monthly analysis of our money management. And this is something that I yeah. I can talk about later, but I want people to understand I have always, since my 20s, since I started making money, spent an enormous amount of time tracking the money I spend and the money I earn and what I do with it. And I still do to this day. I can tell you you know, within a very small error margin, exactly what I spend on entertainment, food, alcohol goes in under entertainment, by the way, okay. just <laughs> um you know, basic living, anything, any category, everything I spend, and my husband and I have a monthly financial review meeting, something that we started gosh, over 20 years ago. And, you know, you sit down, it's something where if you manage, if you spend the time and effort to manage your money, it will, it will make a big difference in the long run.
0: Absolutely. How do you do that? Do you do it on an Excel sheet, a program? uh, What advice do you have for our listener? to track money because that is important when you know where is your money going because we there are some surprises right
1: well now they have a lot of apps for
0: that and
1: so you know it depends on what your own personal choice is since i'm a business owner i use quickbooks and what we do and there are better ways to do this. I mean, there, you can actually use QuickBooks online. It'll upload your bank statement and do all of that. I don't do that. What, what we do is I put everything on a credit card because then I get my travel points and I manage those as
0: well. Because <laughs> I love sure to travel. You, I'm sure you pay them off every and, month, right?
1: Yeah. And I <laughs> and then I sort it out and I enter it into QuickBooks manually because I have the time and I like to do that. And so that's how I manage it right now. But there are a lot of apps. And I know that QuickBooks Online, for a very small amount of money, um, will take like your bank statement and automatically upload all of that data. I've been thinking about changing to that system, but I've just been... You know, stuck with the system I have. So, but that's, I, and then the other thing that I do is on the first of every month, I have an automatic transfer from my checking account where I receive my money into three different savings accounts. So I have a savings account for travel, I have a savings account for what I call annual expenses. So those are repair and maintenance on my home, things that don't come up that often, but they're big ticket items, new tires for the car, insurance policies that I pay on a quarterly or annual basis, things like that. So I set aside a certain amount of money every single month so that if the air conditioner breaks, I don't have to worry. That money's there. Right. You know, and when you own a home, it's very important. Um, And then the third category is either for a new car or special purchase. You know, and it depends on what, like right now our cars are all paid off. So I'm just using it as a savings account. But um, every month, some of my money goes into those three categories. Now, travel for me is an important item. It may not be for everybody, but I set aside money every month for travel because I do like to take
0: trips. Yes, we like to take trips. And that's, that's wonderful. Saving ahead Mm -hmm. for all of those categories so you can pay with cash. It is key to live below your means. It's key, especially when a woman is starting over. Yes. You worked all those years in corporate America. And let's fast forward. You You told me then in 2010, I think you got laid off. Yes. So before, let's back up. Just let me just
1: back up a little. So in 20, Mm -hmm. between 2006 and two, actually before that, between 2004 and 2006, I wanted to diversify our savings. We were on track for retirement. Mm -hmm. My husband, um, was i think turning 70 let's see i don't know exactly when but we were on track for retirement and 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 so we diversified and we bought a lot of real estate five rental homes okay well you know what happened in 2008
0: I do, and I know what happened in two thousand and five and six. And so, I, well, I wasn't a realtor right. at the time, but I was Eight. an investor. I sold my houses before the the, the buyer frenzy. Okay, keep going. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I didn't. We had nine mortgages. Wow. Um, and so we were devastated. So not only, and then to boot, our investment advisor took a substantial portion of my husband's retirement assets. And invested it in Fannie Mae, which under normal conditions is considered a very safe stock. Right. But the real estate implosion was not normal conditions. Mm-hmm. So this is a stock that we bought at $56 and it went down to 50 cents. Ouch. So in 2009, I was... Literally, and this is probably the starting over story. I w- We were devastated. You know, I said to my husband, I think he was 64 at the time. I said, you know, those plans to retire, you can't do it. You know, the stock market that we had been saving into in my 401k and other assets was devastated. And then we had all this real estate and it was... Horrible. We were bleeding cash. We didn't know what to do about it, and it was 2009 was a very difficult year. And I do remember because the investment advisor who invested in this took all of our retirement assets and put it not all of it, but a substantial portion of it and put it in one stock. He then switched firms, basically left town and dumped us. Ouch. And so I do remember, here's what I did. I started interviewing investment advisors. And I looked online and found the questions to ask. And I interviewed 10 different people, 10. They say you should interview three (laughs) (laughs) but there were a couple of reasons why I did that I had a very difficult situation with all this real estate I didn't know what to do about it I didn't know what to do about the the mortgages and you know there was a complicated situation and I was trying to sort it out and then the other reason that I did that is because I learned something different from each one of them Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I think is key. It's the same lesson that I learned in my 20s when I went to all these seminars. You don't learn everything at once. You probably can't absorb all that information at once. So it takes a few different, you know, conversations, a few different books, a few different seminars to understand how all these pieces fit together and how they apply to you because each person's needs are different. So I went to one person and I wasn't, you know, particularly impressed with a lot of these financial advisors. Sure. If you had a million dollars, they're happy to invest it for you, but there's, there are no guarantees. And the only time you find out whether they know what they're doing or not is after it's too late. So it bothered me quite a bit. So I, um, one gentleman said to me, you know, he said, you need to deal with the real estate and you still have some retirement assets, but there aren't very much there. And he said, your biggest asset is your business. Yes. And I said, well, I can't do a lot about that business because, you know, my husband's running it and it's not really mine. And <laughs> Um. So I didn't think much of it at the time. But when I went back to my husband and said, you can't retire, he said, let's grow the business. Ah. And I said, okay, how do you propose to do that? Well, he came up with a growth strategy. And I will tell your listeners, it's a simple growth strategy. He was in a service business but it was very effective. He went to his largest customers and he said, tell me your biggest service problems. Uh And he was working with, it was a courier business. So he did the last mile delivery for on-demand courier business. And so they had service problems and he, he understood them right? He understood the service end of his business. And he said to them, if I solve your service problems, will you give me all your business? Wow. And they said, yes. And he did. Now, I want to give you an idea of what it was like when we first started doing this. Way back in 2009, the beginning of 2009, my husband had himself one dispatcher who was a supervisor and a dispatcher and five drivers and they were still writing tickets for orders on paper oh. we were using paper tickets Wow, nothing was computerized And he took one of his drivers who was a young student at Arizona State University, and he promoted him to a supervisor and said, we're gonna grow this business. I want you to handle the technology end of the business. I'm gonna get the customers. And I, Judy, did everything else. (laughs) <laughs> good for you <laughs> so this young whoopersnapper found a software program that we could use and installed it and started training it uh, training people on it they didn't know how to hire they didn't know how to source new people um, they didn't know how to set up the correct employment or human resources Uh, They didn't know how to set up financials. We had no financial tracking. My husband had been doing his own bookkeeping. It was terrible. (laughs) 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 He's He's not an accountant. And most people aren't. I tell my small business owners, the first thing you need to do is outsource your bookkeeping because you want it to be right. And it, most people are not good at that. Yeah, it's true. Um, mm-hmm. You have to so have a team. I, I, hired, I hired a bookkeeper. He said, nobody's going to want to do this three hours a week. I said, oh, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yes, people yeah. love doing bookkeeping and numbers and we're all different, which is great.
1: Yeah, and I found somebody who was happy to start at three hours a week. And then it grew to ten, and then it grew to full time. And she stayed with us the whole time. She was fabulous, and um, and I still recommend her. But anyway, so we uh, so I did everything else. I set up the infrastructure. I set up the financial tracking, and you know, between my husband going after the customers and. Me establishing the business, I also moved the business. We had to move it. We didn't have, we started warehousing. We didn't have enough space for it. We had boxes out in the hallway. I designed a 14,000 square foot facility with 10,000 square feet of warehouse. Wow. That's impressive. I had never done that. I had never done anything like that before. I asked a lot of questions. I talked to the experts. I said, what do I have to do?
0: What and an idea! What a great idea! Yeah. Imagine that talking to the experts. <laughs> so, good for you. Um, just to give you a little sense of
1: it, it was complicated because we had FedEx was one of our customers, and we had a 15 minute guarantee to pull a repair part from our warehouse and get it to a FedEx technician. They picked they picked most of them up. We okay. delivered some. Mm-hmm. But that was 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Our business ran 24 hours a day, seven wow. days a week for 34 years uninterrupted. Wow, Judy. That's, a, that's great. So we moved and delivered at the same time. <laughs> so we doubled that business and doubled it and then sold it. And my and in and so it was it was short. So in two thousand and nine, that's when we computerized. And in January of 2010, I got laid off. And my husband said to me, and at the time, you know, I needed a job. He said, You're gonna get another job, aren't you? I said, Well, yeah, we're not used to living on one salary. And we had just started thinking about growing it but we hadn't really taken off yet. So at the time, I'm looking for a job, and we're growing the business. So I was working and looking for a job and working and looking for a job.
0: <laughs> you you um, didn't know you had a job. <laughs> were, that's it, funny. <laughs> it came to the point where my husband said, okay, you have a job. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man so we sold
1: it in 2014 and we became financially independent meaning we do not ever have to work again either one of us now my husband is 11 years older than i am so he was perfectly happy to play golf and watch golf (laughs) (laughs) and he's an introvert he's very happy sitting in the TV by himself. And I am a high extrovert and I am not interested in that. So I started consulting with small business
0: owners who wanted to do the same thing my husband did. Yeah. You had another starting over this one by Mm -hmm. choice. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So, you know, but through it all, most of the time, it was a roller coaster. You know, it wasn't like we doubled it, doubled it, sold it, and everything was groovy the whole time. <laughs> <I don't laughs> sure. Well, that's right. Like, it's to, called work.
0: Like, like we, yeah, right? I mean, it's I called do, work.
1: <laughs> right. And, and when you're growing a business, there are good problems to, that you have that you don't know how to solve. For example, cash flow becomes a problem because if you're growing it, the business is eating up your cash. And if there's a delay between when you um, incur an expense and when your customer pays you, which there is in almost every business, then you have, you need a lot of cash to grow the business. I mean, we were taking cash out of our personal savings account for a long time. um, And it, got very low i mean it was very worrisome for a short period of time for about three months uh, but you know there it's something that you have to grapple with so starting over is i think the reason i'm mentioning that is because i don't think starting over is ever that smooth at least it never has been for me. <laughs> sure. Right. But there but there are a couple of things that I've learned along the way that I feel strongly about. Um and one of them is that you can start over at any age. My husband started over at 44, um literally from being seriously in debt to where he is today. Uh, I did and I started over at in 2010 when I was laid off and I was laid off in the middle of a recession you know it was a terrible recession right um so you can and I was in my 50s you can start over at any age I used to teach I used to teach classes for money management in the homeless shelters I don't know if I ever told you that, Nora. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, they asked me to because they wanted to teach people how to save money. And so I designed a very simple but effective curriculum for how to save money, how to manage money, and how to grow money for low-income people. And I designed a board game that goes with it. Oh. And I use it. Yeah, and wow. I use it in, in nonprofits. I teach, I still teach it in nonprofits or I let them teach it. Um, they can license it f- for nothing from me as long as they only use it for nonprofit purposes. And anyway, I always tell people I don't care what mistakes you've made, everybody makes mistakes with money. If I sat here and told you all the mistakes I made with money, we would waste all your time and take up a whole hour. Yeah. <laughs> no, <right. laughs> and I don't care how old you are because you can always start over. Right. And I believe that, you know, there, are, you may have to make some adjustments, but adjustments are part of that roller coaster.
0: It is. And you take what you've learned and mm-hmm. you use what you've learned and couple that with what you're, Now learning, it's never too late. And there's even a pattern with some multimillionaires. They make it, they lose it. They make it, they lose it. They make it, make it, make it. (laughs) That's true. It's because it's there's also the mental thinking
1: around it. You know, I I really was devastated. I had, this is probably the most poignant part starting over thought I have. In 2009, when I was devastated by losing all that money, we lost over $100,000 in our real estate. Yeah, wow. And, um, and much more than that in our retirement assets. I'll just say that. And I was devastated. And I remember being in a fog for a very long time until I made a decision and the decision I made was it's not going to matter in the long run now I didn't know how I was going to make that true I just decided it's going to be okay in the long run we'll work this out and I don't know how so I think when you When you have to start over, you have to make a significant choice for yourself about how you're going to be living your life and what you're going for. And uh, I think I call it the mind game. Mm -hmm. It's a very important piece of it. Absolutely. because Because it frames everything you do.
0: It does. Tony Robbins said... When it comes to making money, it's 80% of your mind and 20% of your skill and knowledge. It's mostly how we think. There you go. There you go. Well, that's wonderful. You have so many good tips here, especially what you said. I'm flipping through my pages of notes here. (laughs) My listener knows I always take a lot of notes with my guests. There's just so many wonderful women who've had to start over and have some great golden nuggets of what they share, but you're making a decision. You you decided that you can start over. And That's right. I think what's wonderful that what your husband did is to go to his biggest client And ask them a key question. Asking questions and listening is paramount to success. Tell me what your biggest service problems are. What a simple question to ask. But be ready when they tell you what the problem is that you can solve it and have a comeback with, okay, if I solve this problem for me, for you, will you so-and-so with with our company. Will you only work with us? And let me just tell you how
1: brilliant that is. Because after he solved the problem with his biggest customer, he went to his second biggest customer. And he said, you know, I solved this problem. Ah, yes. Do you have this problem? Oh. (laughs) Think about this. Yeah. It was it was a big problem and it was a problem for a lot of people. Yeah.
0: Of course it makes sense.
1: Yeah. And so that was one of the strategies. We grew the business by solving our customers' problems.
0: That's what being a good business owner is. It's really it seems so simple, but yet it is. That's what an entrepreneur is solving yeah. other people's problems your yeah. profit i like that you asked the experts to get some knowledge and understanding you understand about that for yourself we can't all know everything and yeah. that you can't learn everything at once it is yeah. it is a process
1: yeah <laughs> also i want to mention something else this is this is just I think this is related to starting over, but I think it's really related to people who are entrepreneurs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Gosh, it's probably related to everybody. But very early on, when my husband and me talked about growing the business, I said to him, what, what can we do with this business besides for just making money? Because I always believe you have to have a purpose behind everything you do. And I do have a purpose behind everything I do. I mean, making money is great and having com- a comfortable life is great. And I recommend it. But I always think people can make a difference with their work and their effort. And I always try and do that. And I said to my husband, What, you know, what, if you could really grow this business, what, purpose would you like to have running you behind it? And he said, I want to be the best employer in town. Oh. Awesome. I have to tell you something. It really inspired me to want to have a great business. Yeah. And, you know, people loved working for him and us. They did. And When we sold it, the business was so highly desirable. My business advisor, by the way, I had a business advisor the whole time because we need experts who are good at things we're not good at. Yes. But my business advisor, um, when he suggested that we sell it, he said the time is right and I think you should sell it right now. And he said it takes you know, six months to two years to sell a business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We listed our business and we had 10 full price offers in two weeks.
0: Wow, Judy. <laughs> That's great. They recognize what you built. You built a okay. legacy. Because it was a great business. Yes. It was a
1: great business. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud that that business is running
0: today. That is awesome, right? Because mm-hmm. you set it up right. When we have our systems and our strategies and organization in place and it's all written out and it is copyable, imitatable, that is what makes a business successful for the next generation or the people that buy it. That's You have a great success story. This, this is amazing. Is, and that's what I did. Mm -hmm. the
1: buyers who were looking at the business said i knew you would have had a legitimate business because i asked you for 40 documents and you had them wow
0: (laughs) and i guess they weren't doctored up either
1: (laughs) so yeah you can start over at any age I, listen, there's. I was inspired by a woman who went to college at age 65, <laughs> and she wrote a book on leadership. I went, I went and listened to her speak at San Diego State University. She was amazing, and, and I was, you know, at the time I was in my 30s, mm-hmm. and I said, "Wow, oh. you can start over
0: at 65." Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's true well and when we're older hopefully we're wiser too we've learned a lot we go with what we have learned and and thank god for colonel sanders because we all know he started kentucky fried chicken in his mid-60s many many years ago and it's it's still going I really admire your husband for the aspiration that he had to be the best employer in town. That is so humble and really a beautiful thing. Well, I think it's
1: part of, you know, we recognize that you can't build a business without people. Yes. And if you treat people well, they
0: know it. That's right. The business owner needs his employees. Employees need the business owner. It takes a team and good communication. And when I first met you, uh, before we wrap up here, you mentioned that in growing the business, you grew the employees. You really developed good relationship with them. You gave them vision and focus and purpose. Do you want to touch on that or anything else you want to say before we finish?
1: for the employees is that we were referring to yes well we just we created careers for people i mean we really did it i can name the names of the people who we created careers for mm-hmm. them so people would generally start as a driver and then we would find out you know what are they good at what do they like doing and We promoted people as we grew and we created, you know, one man who became our warehouse coordinator and manager has been with that company since 1991. Wow. And he hasn't left. Wow. (laughs) And um, he's very happy there. And we took a lot of young people and taught them the trade there were there's very complicated scenarios that happen in that business, and uh, my husband taught them everything they know, and they went off and got careers in very large organizations, national organizations where they're leading, you know, hundred million dollar companies, yeah, wow. which we never got that big, so it's. It's a situation where we just helped people grow, and we trained people, and if they proved they could do the work and they showed any interest at all, we gave them the benefit of the doubt and let them take it as far as they could.
0: That's great. So that's Mm -hmm. a good way to look at your employees to help them build a career for themselves Mm -hmm. rather than just only train them to do their job that's the only place to focus but to give them vision to expand that's their right. thinking for their future which is very strengthening to have hope for a good future
1: that's right that's we will, wonderful we'll do anything for you if you, if you help them grow i mean it's, almost everybody wants to grow it's amazing
0: Right, that's true, and mm-hmm. they they know when a a boss or employee uh, business owner is looking out for them, and that's yeah. the only way to build a business is how you did that. Well, this was absolutely wonderful, Judy. I learned more about you after I met <laughs> Judy originally. I thought this gal is on fire. She is has so much understanding and knowledge and I took her to lunch (laughs) just to (laughs) learn from her and hear her story I love her personality like she said she's an extrovert and everything so and I'm so glad she started her consulting company because she can help and she's going to leave her information as we wrap up here with her consulting business as you can tell she grew her husband's company, who then she joined together to become a multi-million dollar company. She mm-hmm. has a lot of knowledge and understanding and expertise. So how would somebody get a hold of you, Judy? The best
1: way to reach me is through email. And I'll say it and then I'll spell it. It's Judy, J-U-D-I, at advancedsystemsdesigns.com. So it's just like it sounds Advanced A D V A N C E D Systems S Y S T E M S Designs D E S I G N S dot com. What I help my clients focus on is building systems Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so that their business can grow and they can fulfill their dream regardless of what that dream is
0: that's right and then and so the business that, can run itself when you have the right, right people the right employees there and yeah. systems is the way to monetize <laughs> that's right and i on my business card it says you can run your business from the beach okay and that's, right. my,
1: that's my motto <laughs> And when we sold our business, my husband was working less than 10 hours a week and I was working 15.
0: Wow, that's, yep, that's yeah. great. That's that's how you knew. It Nora, was working. I want to tell
1: you, before you uh, sign off here, I want to say that I really appreciate you and I've always learned from you and appreciated how you are a contribution to people who want to grow, start over and just really you continue to bring something to the table helping people to see what's possible for them and i want you to know that i've always appreciated you very much and i look forward to a time when we can
0: once again hug in person right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you judy that was really <laughs> kind and sweet and And I didn't even pay you to do that. (laughs) I I don't don't pay my (laughs) guests, but thank you. I I appreciate. See how inspiring Judy is. She's just a very motivating, incredible person. Thank you for being on this podcast. And for my listener, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can go to the website, womenstarting.com. You could read some of the podcasts. If you have young kids, you can't always listen. Uh, You can read it there and some of my blog posts thanks for tuning in and see you next time on women starting over bye-bye well my friend thank you for letting me be with you today please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast i am nora ellen your host see you next time on women starting over